our topic today is something that uh, we're seeing more and more in the lab. It's a same-day discharge, uh, PCI, and which I have not, no issues with it, especially if you do it radially and you don't give a lot of anticoagulation and not much sedation. But um, what I'm seeing more and more, um, more on the endovascular side, that uh, physicians leave the hospital, they open a clinic just opposite the hospital. It's a private clinic. They do some limb ischemic centers, and some are starting to talk about doing some PCI. And I remember the old days when we discussed whether you can even do PCI without a backup surgery. This is not even within the hospital. This is going to be outside of the hospital, maybe just across the street for taking the patients from the hospital. But I wanted to hear, I mean, obviously there was a lot of progress of PCI and tools and the way that we do it. Uh, but what's your thought about it? Um, same day PCI or PCI outside of the hospital, like in a small clinic, like the same day the dentists are doing it. Yeah, well, a couple of thoughts on that. One is, yeah, I applaud the ability to, uh, you know, get people moving quicker, get them out. The whole radial approach has enabled that a lot. Uh, so there's nothing wrong with uh, early uh, discharge. Patients doing fine. The risk is is low. Uh, what what concerns me a little, and and my wife had a her knee replaced as an outpatient, and we were in. A, we went in in the morning at nine o'clock and we're home uh, having a cocktail at uh, five o'clock. So, you know, this is, it's nice you can do th things like that. But on the other hand, uh, you know, in the days when surgery was your choice for revascularization, this was a big decision. And people thought about it a lot and weighed the pros and cons and whatnot. As, uh, my concern is that we, we make uh, coronary revascularization into a, a trivial thing. You know, we say, well, to the patient, uh, there's nothing to this. You just pop in, you get this thing done, bang, you're out. And so you should do it. And now we get into the question, should you do it? Yes, you can do it like that. But should you be doing it at all? And by, by making the bar lower and lower in terms of any kind of a commitment, on the patient's part about, you know, careful work up, being in the in a hospital setting, going to an outpatient setting, even an outpatient uh, non-hospital related uh, clinic and having PCI. I'm not saying that it should not be done. I'm saying that it raises this concern that everybody ought to be worried about is uh, are we making it such a trivial event that uh, patients make the wrong decision uh, in the borderline cases, in the case where maybe you really didn't need to do this. Uh, maybe even though it could go down uh, by, the, by the appropriateness criteria as, as appropriate, we all know that there are patients who fit the appropriateness. But in fact, if it was us, we would not have PCI for some trivial branch artery with the minor symptoms and no opportunity to change the heart endpoints uh, in, in any way, we would say, no, no, let's, let's, you know, whatever, let's uh, see how it goes with a very vigorous anti-atherosclerotic therapy. So I, I'm concerned. I, I like the idea that the we've, we've gotten where we can do things quickly, get them out. But at the same time, I'm concerned if that makes us uh, 
to cavalier in our recommendations. Yeah, I mean, there may be another implication that people don't take into consideration that probably that will cut the reimbursement by substantial amount of money if you don't need to get the patient treated in the hospital <laughs> what's going to be left and then it's not going to be um i would say viable anymore for those clinics to run those pcis uh outpatient uh, completely out of the hospital basically yeah 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 well that's uh that's happened on a lot of fronts yeah as you, as you. and then of course uh if, it, if it's appropriate that uh, we do everything outpatient and the costs are lower and lower, uh, then the reimbursement should be lower, I guess. But uh, this is not, uh, uh, I still consider, uh, particularly PCI is, you know, where where's the simple PCI? Where Where's the, uh, where do you draw the line? You know, if you were doing that, you surely would not be recommending no one would recommend you do as an outpatient uh freestanding lab do you know left mains chronic total occlusions multi-vessel complex things but when you get a patient in we do so much things ad hoc that uh often you you don't know what you're getting so people are actually doing procedures and if they're doing them in in this kind of setting where uh, where the patient's being done ad hoc, th then you have re really created a problem. The ad hoc business, of course, is a, I, I think is, is problematic in any case, uh, so but uh, we'll, we'll never get around it. So you don't project that there will be dissemination from the peripheral work, the endovascular work, that it's done pretty heavy now outside of the hospital to the coronary. I mean, you think it's going to be definite distinction here that will will hold it? Uh, I hope so. I don't know. I hope so too, because I think that the simple PCI, you can say only at the end of the procedure when the patient has been discharged, because you can actually have a left main dissection for a, for a mid-marginal, I don't know, just the guy that didn't do well. So it's, it's, it's a tough one uh, when this is, happens. Uh, on, on the other hand, you have all those high-risk PCI which uh, I don't know if we discussed it before, but I'm always puzzled by the definition, what is the high-risk PCI? Uh, but before we go to that, just say, uh, reminding me that when I was at, when I was a fellow at Emory, there was actually a outpatient angio-cat club, right? Was that something that was built there? Yeah, uh, they built it over in the outpatient clinic, yeah. So that was not in the main hospital, it was like in the clinics, right? Or right, it was right. close enough. So how is that different from someone opening the clinic just opposite the hospital and, you know? Yeah, well, that was a diagnostic lab. No, that was, it was diagnostic only. And uh, if, if you had a patient there that you thought needed PCI right away, you rolled them through oh. the yeah, that's thing over to the hospital and, and they started from there. But by and large, it was diagnostic. And the whole diagnostic cath business, as we've talked about many times, is so rare now where there's a purely diagnostic lab or people who only do diagnostic procedures. I guess there are, they still exist, but they're very few. Yeah, uh, and we're not, we're not going to, in, in, in the coming era of uh, CTA, perhaps we'll see much even less of that. So we, we had this week a uh, grand rounds with Jonathan Leipzig and he basically said everybody should have CT, no more cath. 
uh, end of the story. Uh, we get everything, it's easy, it's uh, that's the way to do it. So initially it was very convincing and then I said, well, you know, I always like to ask questions. So you have a patient presenting with STEMI, CT or CAT lab? No, no, that definitely goes to a CAT lab. Okay, what about non-STEMI? Uh, you ask me a very difficult question, but that's my role to ask you a difficult question. But here you have like most of our procedures right now, ACS patients. I mean, we don't do much stable patients. And then the question about, uh, and I think we also discussed about it, I don't think it's the culprit lesion, it's the non-culprit lesion that will create the events, the future events. And I don't know how much in CT will be able to diagnose them. We don't do much effort now also in the cat lab, but at least by some invasive imaging we'll have the ability to detect vulnerable plaque. Or perhaps the CT will improve so much that they can detect them, but that's more futuristic uh, thing. Well, I'll add one more uh, concern to, to your list. Uh, we Many patients have already been uh, revascularized. A lot of stents in people. How good is the CTA right now with stents? Yeah, it's a, it is an artifact, uh, some can say, but they, they, you don't get assurances. I, I think it's more for, and also if you have a very calcified, uh, very, very calcified uh, uh, arteries, it's, it's, it's not that clear to determine how much of stenosis there. The technology is definitely improving and radiation goes down, but I, there's still a limitation. You don't know it. Uh, you know, that's, I had a question this week um, about what's the value of calcium score. I mean, who do you send today to calcium score? That's also part of the CT, right? It's a very popular. And what is the calcium score means to you? And I said, well, I know that if you have calcium score less than 100, you may have no significant coronary artery disease, but that may be not right because the calcium reflects some inflammation that you had in the past, but no one says that the inflammation is over. And if you have just recent inflammation, you still didn't have a time to build up the calcium. So I have to say, frankly, I'm very confused about calcium score. I, I never send anyone to calcium score, but you get those reports. And then they come to you and say, do you need a CT? Or do you need an angio? Says, you just had a CT. Well, what does that mean that I had a calcium score of 400 or 500? Well, you are at risk based on all the studies, but what to do with it? I mean, I, I, I don't know. Well, there's, there's a lot of information there of what to do with it. If 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 they had a, a score of zero versus a score of a hundred, five hundred, or any, no, uh, any, any uh, uh, what do you do with a what do you do with a uh, a fifty-year-old person asymptomatic who can't comes with a calcium score and says my score is two hundred. And uh, I've got, uh, you know, no hypertension. I've got good, my cholesterol, they tell me, is fine. My LDL is, is under 100, uh, blah, blah, blah. I mean, what do you do? Do you, I mean, right? Yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. I mean, uh, I, you know, I always says, let's get to the cath lab. I'll give you all the answers. I mean, oh, no, the cath lab isn't going to give you an answer. The, but but, but the, the therapy you, is going to be necessary uh, to, uh, you know, whether they get started on statins, where they, you know, what, what, whatever they have done to, to modify the process. So I, I think the calcium score is better from the thing of, uh, do, do I really need to do primary prevention? We call it primary, 
but uh, for people who have atherosclerosis, do we need to get going with that earlier than we would if we had a, a zero calcium score? Of course, I think we do. Yeah, I'll vote for an anti-inflammatory, Spencer. I think this is, to me, more important than the calcium score. But anyway, I, I think what we can conclude from today is that no to PCI in an outpatient clinic, yes to CT in outpatient clinic, right? We can settle on that part, right? We have a consensus on that. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, and and I'm basing that consensus on just the concern that we make it too trivial and... Uh, and we maybe say, uh, uh, oh gosh, you've got, uh, you got a little bit of this. I'll tell you what, just come in uh, tomorrow morning to the office and we'll take a look. And if there's anything in there, we'll put some stents in you and you'll, you'll be fine. This, this, is not, this is not a conversation that I hope people are having. Yeah. Always, as always, uh, good to talking to you and also entertaining. Um... Uh, thank you very much for this episode, and we'll see all of you in our next episode. Probably we're going to cover the studies that are coming at TCT.